Welcome to the By the Hood podcast. Before we jump into this episode, just wanted to make you aware that on our website, bythehood.com, we have a free webinar on an intro to the stock market. So please go check it out. Just go to bythehood.com and you'll get the free intro to the stock market webinar. Take it easy and enjoy this episode. What's up, people? Welcome to this episode of the By the Hood podcast or webcast because I don't know how you're consuming this content. I'm your host as always. My name is Jimmy. And as we start off every show, that's with gratitude. Just want to say thank you to everyone and anyone who supports us. Special shout out to the students from By the Hood University, as well as the kids in the By the Hood University camp that we got going on. Shout out to all y'all. Listen, I got my brother and my partner, Corbin. What's up, Corbin? Hey, what's going on, people? You know how I feel. Every day above ground is a good day. Let's get it. That's right. That's right. And as you know, our platform is designed to highlight brothers and sisters who look just like us, who are doing amazing work in the community, building all kinds of businesses and doing all kinds of, you know, things that should be highlighted and that we should talk about. And this brother I have uh, coming up, I can't wait to have this conversation. This guy is a master trader, investor um, in every market. I'm talking about not just the options market, the stock market. I'm talking about Forex. I'm talking about futures. Also, a real estate investor, he mentioned to me. So we got our brother Ernest Gaines from the Profit Room. Ernest, how are you? Good, brother. Hey, how you guys doing, man? I'm doing great. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Glad to have man. you. Glad to have you. Absolutely, man. Yeah, I'm going to get into that about, like, you know, some of the different markets that you trade in. But tell us about your background. Where are you from and how is your upbringing? So I'm from a town called East Orange, New Jersey, borderline in Newark, um, right where everybody at, the Fuji's. Everybody there. I grew up around the corner from Queen Latifah, literally. Um, so I was born and raised there. I'm still in New Jersey. Okay. Um, grew up with uh, skilled labor. My father, heating and cooling, air conditioning. That's my background. So um, never went to college. Just went to trade school. That's it. And I found myself uh, mostly just, you know, into working with my hands as a skilled laborer, uh, as a mechanic, and also a man that wanted to be into like real estate investing, things of that nature from what I've seen, you know, throughout my life, just with like growing up on the block with people, things of that nature, the corner store owners, the barbershop owners, you know, the black barbershop owners, mm -hmm. the old school ones that owned the, the barbershop with the little apartments above the top. Yeah. So that that was that's really my my my, my background with that. Okay. So that's interesting. So Jersey, yeah. you come from a blue collar kind of background, um, you know, working with your hands, mm -hmm. and I could I could see how real estate would be like you know of interest in coming from that background. How yeah. did you get into trading? Like, how, what, what was that journey like? So now, so now I work for, with my hands. I'm doing heating and cooling, the air conditioning. It was it was a great trade. I still love it to this day. Um, that's all I knew growing up because my father, he knew how to do that. Things that it's like being a plumber. Right. So when you're in a work van, you work in between calls, service calls. This is around maybe 2007, eight. All I would do every day was read the paper because mm -hmm. you're in the van. You know, the dispatcher send you an order to go to this person that heat's not working. The air conditioning is not working. I just read the paper every day. And I noticed every day on the front page of the paper, the stock market was dropping during the recession, 2000 and starting at seven and going down and down and down. And that piqued my interest. I own properties 
at that time as well as, as a young man. I started off early. I bought my first house at 21. Okay. So I knew stuff was happening. And um, I'm like, dang, a lot of stuff is turning. Didn't know anything about the stock market. So once it was in my face every single day, it piqued my interest in order to say, hey, I got to learn a little bit about what's actually going on. So I would just read in a business section right there. And that's where it first started my journey of just trying to understand what this whole market was about because it was just in front of me every single day. That's interesting. So just like really reading the paper and, and seeing the stories made you want to dig more into it. Correct. So oh, my next, yeah. So my next step from there was like, I don't know what I'm looking at. And um, you know how some of the uh, high schools have the little night classes for mm -hmm. adults and things yep. like that. I get the little pamphlet in a book and I'm, I'm living in the urban enterprise zone anyway. And they had night schools, how to read and understand the financial pages, right? $30. Then they had another class about how to prepare for retirement. $40, like a two night class. The classes back now we talking about this, you know, the internet wasn't really popping, popping like that. Yeah. Remember, I'm a blue collar. Well, I like to say skilled laborer. I'm not on social media. I don't mm -hmm. know. I'm still writing checks, right? <laughs> <laughs> because I'm not in an office setting. I'm in gotcha. a van. I'm, I never had an office job. So I'm going to these night classes. I'm the youngest and the brownest person in the class. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they, it's just, you know, retirement people trying to sell you stuff. But I, I got a little tidbit of small things that I needed to know. And that's what drew me to some more books than like YouTube, then eventually investing in some higher education. Okay. You know, that, that, that's what really started the little grassroots. Oh man, that's, that's a crazy story and amazing journey, right? Yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's amazing. Who took it there? Yeah. So, so is there anything that you remember from that class that you still keep with you to, to today? Anything you remember from those early classes, uh, those high school classes? So a lot of those high school classes wasn't even beneficial, benefiting a young person. It was always one of them people that's trying to sell you a retirement package oh, gotcha. and park your money here and look for the long term, which is good. But I just used them to understand what I was even looking at. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what the little tickers was going across the bottom. I would stare at CNBC and don't know what's actually going on. And I realized the system is designed like that okay. to make it very intimidating for you and I. Mm -hmm. When you look at a screen and you see the numbers and percentages, you think you need to know a whole lot of math. You think you need to all this stuff. And it wasn't like that. And once I knew it wasn't like that and I started understanding where they had the spy Dow Jones and they started talking about the points and movements and the up and down. I say, like, oh, this is not that complicated. Like, yeah. you know, but I just needed to understand what I was looking at on the front page of the paper when they showed something going up or down. Once I knew that, oh, that I could I could do this. You know, I'm a mechanic by trade. That's when I started diving deep into some books. But really, more importantly, was the education I got. I always go. I always represent the, the education because that's when I sought out someone to really teach me. And show me what to do. Like mentorship, right? Yeah, mentorship program. Yeah, so and that's, that's interesting because Corey always talks about how a lot of information is hid behind vocabulary, right? Mm -hmm. So once so once you learn the jargon and you understand what's going on, um, you you can simplify things and understand them. 
So um, in this journey, right, you started getting these books. What are some of the books that you read that really helped you out as you started to, to learn, if you remember? So I remember when I first started, and this goes back to real estate. Okay. A lot of people know that book that by Robert Kiyosaki, The Rich Dad, Poor Dad, right? Mm-hmm. But my story is a little different. When I got handed that book at 19, uh, I read it at 19. Yeah. That opened my eyes because I wanted that's all I wanted to be. I even saw Robert Kiyosaki live, Jacob Javison in New York. I got an mm-hmm. autographed copy, right? All of that. But then I read it again around close to 21, but I marked up the book. I marked up the book. So when I marked it, it was more impactful, like because a person like myself, even though I find myself smart, I think I'm a thorough learner because I'm always intimidated by the brothers that's college educated, the university, HBCUs, you know, Mm -hmm. that little insecurity from myself that I think I got to work a little bit harder. Right. So I don't have that. But even though I have finances and I have a skill, you know, it's just that that personal thing where you feel like you may be a little bit inferior to the next man. Right. Because you're not around that. But he you know don't have a degree. That you didn't right. have a degree, and so you didn't think your knowledge was as good as the next person's knowledge. But what's interesting about that is you're self-aware. So you already know that's something that you have to work on, right? Because, you know, as you start to work on that, I guess, you know, you'll realize that some of those folks with those paperwork have no idea what's going on, right? At all. Correct. Yeah. So I always talk about the lunch table kids. Like, I'm at the, I'm at the table with the different lunch table kids, and then there's like the other overachiever type kids, but they're not necessarily overachiever. It's just that they have a different route. You know, mm-hmm. I had the opportunity to go to college right here in Rutgers in Newark, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't mm-hmm. I didn't know what I do. I, I just like working with my hands, mechanical stuff. That's all I knew. Like, I didn't know what I would go for. So that being said, when I read that book, I was like, I'm going to be very strategic. I'm going to be very understanding on what I have to do. But I knew the power of education after that book. Like you hire people smarter than you. You want to be in front of people that's smarter than you. You want to gain information from people that's smarter than you. So I think I'm grateful for that because I followed everything to the T. Like, you know, I didn't reinvent anything. Mm-hmm. Whatever I found, I was like, OK, I'm going to do exactly that. I joined the Rias. Everyone that I could imagine, you know, things like that. And I brought that when I started trading and investing that same mentality to learning something new. Okay, so let's let's talk about this, though. You talked about all the various markets that you um, you you currently trade or invest in. Uh, Which one did you start with? Like, so, you know, we know you started with the real estate, but then you started getting into the the financial markets. Where did you start? So I just started trading stocks Um, It's swing trading stocks. That means you buy and you wait and for the swing ups, that's maybe one to three weeks or it could be one to three months. So mm-hmm. when I first started, when I say playing with it before I got education, I was doing what most people do. The market was at the bottom. I bought Ford at a dollar a share. I sold it at 13. I, I, I bought a company called Chicago Bridge and Iron, CBI. Mm-hmm. Because Obama was from Chicago, and I'm like, oh, the, the company's going to go up. I bought Wendy's because I love the Nuggets. 
I was just doing the stuff like that. I got you. <laughs> you know, you know what I'm saying? I would yeah. literally look. Yo, that's gangster. <laughs> you made a lot of money, though. <laughs> yeah, and I did. I did. When the market started turning, them stocks went up like $10, $15 a share, but I wasn't going heavy. I was buying like 40 shares. I was like, I took about probably all together maybe four to five grand and I turned it into like 18. But I didn't know what I was doing. But what happened was, this is the real kicker, what happens when I made that little bit of money, which is not little for a young man, mm-hmm. when the market started turning and got real, I lost about half of that. Because my little strategy based off of my thought, some of them companies went out of business. Yeah. Some of them, um, you know, went down. Like, I didn't have a structure. I was just based off of now I could read with CNBC saying, now I know how to open a brokerage account. Now I know how to buy and sell. But I didn't have a strategy, a technique, or anything like that. I'm I'm a part of it now. I'm just a part of the action, just like housing. Like you buy a rental property, you ain't doing the numbers, but now you, you know, some of the broker's people uh, investors, you know, yeah. they got a lot of, yeah. You just in the game, but you're not playing it right. And I've been there too, on, on both ends. <laughs> You know? that, that's heavy right there. Some of the brokers people are investors. Yeah, yeah. a lot. Yeah, because yeah. they, I mean, I understand what that statement means because they're putting their money in the game, but they don't have a strategy. They don't have a structure to keep their money in the game. And so I, I like those people more than people who never got in the game, but I also want to get to those people so that those people don't continue to lose their money. Yeah, and, and I do want to say this before we continue that uh, none of this is investment advice. It's for educational <laughs> and entertainment right purposes only. Yeah, yeah. I want to make sure that's clear and that's on the record. But no, so Ernest, tell us this. So you started doing the uh, swing trading. When did you make the foray into other markets and what came after that? So what happened was I had a mentor who worked for a hedge fund. It was my friend's sister. She's a black, well, black, I'm black. Say, let's, let's, let's back up a little bit. How'd you actually get the mentor? So you talked about, you know, the paper and starting your journey. How'd you find someone to actually be your mentor to give you some game and teach you? So I'm looking on YouTube and I'm looking at different content. Then I realized a buddy of mine had a sister that worked for a hedge fund. And I was like, oh, man. I said, will she teach me? And I contacted her and I paid her great money in order to show me the market. And the swing trading helps build discipline. Everybody thinks trading is day trading. You don't have time to do that. Jumping in and out, fast pace, you know, things like that. Uh, So I learned the discipline of buying and holding for like weeks and months at a time. So I did that for about a good three years Okay. in order to build the discipline and understand how the market works. It's almost like getting a rental property versus flipping mm-hmm. you know once you get the rental you know maybe you'll build some equity you could do a cash out refi and do something a little bit more advanced so i learned it i learned the attitudes of the market so after about three years of doing that that's when i stepped my game up into doing a little bit more fast-paced trading which is day trading okay. which is very very dangerous and it takes a lot of skill. So when people hear of a trader or investor, you don't have to day trade. The average person has a job. They don't have no time. And you you don't you probably make more money swing trading in the long term because you don't you're not watching it every day. 
mm-hmm. you know, you're not watching it. So once I went into the area of day trading, you know, about three years later, eight around 2012 or so, I started developing what they call that trader's edge, that naturalness to understand how the personality of the market works. Now, that's just the stock market at first. Right. So that led me once you master one market in order to start putting your toe or your pinky in some of these other markets. Mm-hmm. OK. OK. Yeah, that's that's some good stuff right there. So so this is the thing I want to ask you about. Right. So you guys are dealing in futures and, and Forex and, um, you know, all the various markets. So um, just being honest, we, we don't talk a lot about Forex or futures because I don't personally dabble those markets and we only talk about things that we do so for our audience could you explain um let's start with let's start with the futures could you explain uh what a future is and 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 how those markets work so futures next to forex is the most volatile market futures is the best market in my opinion right now i trade futures every day so futures are commodity based uh you can have agricultural commodities you can have like wheat soybean corn then you also have the oil you have the gold and you also have the indexes what's the indexes the s p 500 Mm -hmm. that's the spy and the dow jones so what happens for example like everybody uses something in the futures market is based off of farmers and other you know cultivators they're hedging prices in the future. And mm-hmm. we use all of that, these items. Like the US imports 60% of their soybean over to China, 60%. So during the Trump administration, when the farmers was hurting in the South, they got the subsidies during the tariff. Now, why does China take 60% of our soybean? Because they produce the most pigs. Right. So they got to feed their pigs because they don't have a geographic area. So anything that happens in the market, like you guys know, you see a two by four now is eight dollars. Oh, my God. Yeah. We can see that in the chart in the lumber chart. Okay. so the same thing with oil, live cattle, you know, pork belly, all of that is provided in the chart. So when people are trading like uh, if you if, if you like. Uh, own a Dunkin Donuts or a coffee shop, right? A lot of them people, they follow futures with coffee because they're just trying to prepare how much coffee is going to cause them ahead of time. So the future market is one of the best markets for you, even if you don't understand it, to just follow, especially if you're in um, different types of fields. Because you could, we could look at the lumber chart and saw where lumber was going higher before Mm -hmm. it happens based off of the technical movements. Like, breakout so right now oil oil was starting to tank it was up like 75 dollars a barrel now it's down like the 66 but a lot of that stuff there is just all information like you know it's just regular regular information but what makes it great it just doesn't affect you and i it affects the world yeah, that's like uh you you're like a real uh Billy Ray Valentine. Yo, I was about to say, as soon as you said pork belly, <laughs> you took me straight to crazy places. <laughs> Billy Ray Valentine. Yeah. Capricorn. But no, um the thought I had is this though, when you see something like that, right? So if you saw this in the in the charts in terms of lumber, 
does that actually help you with your options play? Because the first thing I thought of when you said that is, I, you know, over the last several months, I know that Home Depot and Lowe's both, um, you know, had a crazy ride up. But I wonder if you saw that first in the futures market when you see that number and then you can actually go and make that play. Like, does it does it does it kind of help you in the other game as well? Or Correct. Because now on Eastern Standard Time, right, mm-hmm. our market opens up at 930 Eastern Standard. Yeah. Well, futures is open 24 six. So you got the Asian market that's using around 8 p.m., 9 p.m., right? Then you got overnight is the uh, Australian market. And the okay. biggest market next to us is the London, which mm-hmm. starts at 3, 4 a.m. Eastern Standard. So every time before I trade or look in the market, I got to look to see what London did, right, before the U.S. opens. So when you look at these markets, right, overnight, that's why sometimes when you look at they have CNBC East, um, mm-hmm. CNBC Asia, things of that nature, and there's just regular sites like investing.com is a simple site. If you're following lumber or if you're following anything like that, if you're a butcher and you need to follow lot, like I trade a lot of live cattle, right? Mm-hmm. Or anything, you know what I mean? Anything of that nature that's in your, your field, like you could see wheat, the price of wheat. Then you look at cereal, why cereal goes up. I could look at the wheat and see what happens, right? It could be like a drought somewhere. It could be things of that nature. All of that stuff happens way beforehand, before it happens on an open market. So when you see the Home Depot and Lowe's go up, they're reacting to the futures price already. So the same thing before the market opens up. That's why sometimes when you watch the news, they'll say the market is going to open up lower today. Mm -hmm. The market is going to open up higher because what happened already in London. It's just like a tidal wave. U.S. is the, like the, the major market, but overnight while we're sleeping, they're making money and they're losing money. And it just travels our way. It just travels our way right that. All right. So my next question is uh, um, Forex, right? So I know that these days Forex has gotten a bad rap because of all the spam. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and for those that, you know, listening, please stay out my inbox. But, uh, <clears throat> but could you explain uh, the Forex markets and, and how you operate in the Forex markets? So the Forex market, a lot of people start there, but the Forex market is deregulated, right? Not there's no, there's no way to regulate the Forex market. There's no place to go get data at all, right? And that's what people like. The, the most biggest players are the banks, insurance companies, and institutions. It's a free-for-all. So it's hard to get data. Like uh, Even though you have data with the charts, mm-hmm. but volume and things of that nature. People like Forex because it's the most liquid, right? Because you're trading currency. If I'm a big company like Apple and I have to buy something in um, uh, Japan, I got to switch my money over to the Japanese yen and vice versa, right? Or if I'm buying in London and I'm a big company, I got to switch over to, you know, the British pound, right? Mm -hmm. So there's millions of transactions happening a day and there's so much volume. So what happens with that, you get these abnormal spikes, which you can anticipate as traders. They do it all the time. You can make amazing profits with that, doing that. And you can start off with like $15 or like $10. But Mm -hmm. the thing is, it's not as regulated. The average broker that somebody's using trading Forex is not a U.S. broker. They're using a foreign broker. Got you. Because the U.S. brokers require more of a reputation 
in that sense or more security. But I'm not against the foreign brokers. We all use them as well. But the thing is with Forex, what people don't understand, if you're not trading technically, a lot of these, you really have to understand what you're, what you're actually doing, right? Because some of these companies like Japan done it years ago, they can they can um, lower their currency on purpose. Mm -hmm. They can crash their economy anytime they want to in order to benefit them and, and vice versa. But all of these markets, you can learn how to trade and there's no problem with them. Some people just stick with Forex, right? But just realize when you think Forex, all of this stuff you can do on your own. You don't need to go through somebody in order to do it. And I think that's what Forex gets a bad reputation that they all automatically think multi-level marketing. They think that you have to be under somebody in order to do it. Mm -hmm. No, you can be an independent trader. And that's what I teach our students in any of these markets. You don't need anybody to go through in order to participate. You can contact a broker. You can sign up on your own, get your own brokerage account and get your own education. Yeah. Do it by yourself. Yeah, I know. I know that it's a profitable market because um, I know that there are a lot of professionals that make their money. But I'm not going to lie that the MLM has kind of like, you know, over the last Correct. several years, they've, they've went so crazy with it. The inbox spam is absolutely. Out of yeah, they, they went so crazy with it that it kind of like, you know, makes it have a bad rep. But it is a, is a, a flourishing market. So it sounds to me out of all the markets that you operate in, um, and we're going to talk about your organization in a second, the profit room. But out of all the markets, it sounds to me that you like the futures the best. Would that be a correct statement? Personally, I like the future. So let's like so Latoya and I, we started off with stocks, mm -hmm. primary trading stocks, day trading stocks and doing options. And we still do today. I traded stocks as well. So the future side is one of the toughest markets is one of the hardest markets to trade. So and I got intrigued by that. Like, you know, we we started with a, a other group of people uh, trading the futures market. And what happened was, you know, I had to step up in that department while Latoya was taking care of more of the stocks and options department. Mm -hmm. So I found myself in the beginning falling in love with oil. And you don't see a lot of people like us trading futures. At all. It's a big boys game because it's very volatile. And I tell everybody again, like there's no financial, but it's very dangerous. It's a very dangerous market because you're dealing with a lot of institutions and professionals globally. These people that are buying the wheat, the coffee, the sugar, they're buying from big companies, you know? So these companies have traders on the back end, like major companies that you and I buy products from, mm -hmm. you know, they're buying directly from the, like Starbucks and all of them, they're buying directly off the exchange, right? In order to benefit their billion dollar organization. So you have to follow what they're actually doing, right? Exxon, Mobil, all of them, when they're trading oil and natural gas, these utility companies, I worked for a utility company for a long time. Any like Con Ed, public service, any type of power company, they have a trading division mm -hmm. where they're trading natural gas, right? They're trading energy. Wow. So that's where I just get intrigued because it's a market that most people don't like to step in because you can really lose your shirt gotcha. and you can really lose your shirt in it. But 
since I don't watch the news as much, it keeps me connected on global economics. Like what I was telling you about with the tariffs, a lot of people didn't understand what those tariffs was meaning, but I understood completely because of how much we trade our products and services worldwide. Well, hold on real quick. You said you don't watch the news that much? Well, I watch the news CNBC every day. I watch okay. CNN just the financial news, just mostly the financial news. But a lot of the stuff where most of the time people are flipping channels and they don't understand what's going on, I can see it by the markets I'm looking at. Gotcha. Oh, something must be going down over here. Then I then when I dig, dig a little bit deeper, boom. So like the the prices of lumber and stuff like that. Yeah, that's, we were already talking about that ahead of time. Like, yo, it looks like lumber reached a 52 week high. It's just like a stock. Like you watching Tesla, Apple, you can see it going up. I'm seeing that go up and it's abnormal for some reason. Yeah, then you do the research, then it reflects when you go to the store. No, that's interesting because like all the all the great traders we talked to, like a specific, I remember uh, the Lanchet, she talked about how her charts talked to her. I said, what? She said, my charts just be talking to me. They tell me yeah. things. Like, she said, I don't have to watch the news because my charts are talking to me. Yeah. It's kind of what you're saying, the same thing, right? Um, yeah, you know, you realize something is going on. It's like, something's not right. <laughs> like, you yeah. know. Yeah, so tell us about the profit room. How the profit room come to be and what is the profit room? So, boom, this is exactly how the profit room came. Remember I told you I'm skilled labor, this and that. I don't have nothing in social media. I was the last brother, I think, with a Blackberry, man. I couldn't get rid of my BlackBerry. I remember the date was like 2014. Everybody had an iPhone already, a smartphone. And my BlackBerry died. I went into the um, Verizon store. My man said, yo, man, you got to get you an Apple. I said, all right, bro. I'm not on social media. I'm on nothing. I'm not nothing, man. Mm -hmm. So he gave me an iPhone. And he downloaded an app called Instagram. Okay. He said, yo, love it. I said, okay. So I named myself the live day trader or the gap swing trader, something like that, because trading is lonely. You trade by yourself or mm -hmm. whatever like that. So I downloaded the app. I put it on there and he just said, you just search for things you're interested in. Then I saw like trading and I'm like, oh, man, these people running scams. Like, what is this? <laughs> like, you know, they talk about stuff after the fact. So what I started doing, we only had 15 seconds back then. 15 seconds I used to hold up to my screen and I would be day trading, getting in and out of trades, boom, boom, boom. And people started seeing profits. And I would do that again, like every day I, I was talking mad junk. I'm like, I'm the gap swing trader. Nobody's doing it like me. Like, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, my Instagram is still up there, the gap swing trader. I was talking mad junk. I, I have a, uh, I had a logo with like a Superman outfit on. My thing was like off the hook, but I wasn't selling. I was just there because I saw everybody. I said, yo, this is corny. So Latoya saw my Instagram. She said, hey, you trade like me. I said, okay. So we started on Skype a little bit. We started mm -hmm. trading together. Then we just kept adding each other every time we posted something on Instagram, like boom. So people was like, oh, you guys teach. It's like, nah, we don't do that. That's corny. That's whack. Like I was looking at me. I was like, oh, that's whack. We don't do none of that stuff. Like <laughs> I was just like dissing everybody in that sense. So so what happened was we was like, listen, if we want to teach, we got to create something that'll benefit people that we're doing. So we opened up like a, a um a Slack room for like a whole year. And we just started trading live in there. Boom. 
then um, we opened up uh, a Zoom room and we were sharing our screen, just mm-hmm. trading live. Because, you know, where we come from, too, just like you said with the Forex, you don't want nobody to feel like you scamming people or things like that. So I always feel like, especially as a brother, and I hate to say that, too, that you got to prove something to somebody. No, you do. You got to show your work. You got to show your yeah, work. You got to prove something. And that's what always it eats me up to this day. How the boy next door could just pop up and get whatever he want, but I gotta prove myself. But you mm-hmm. know, so that was it. Then like, you know, all of a sudden I said, yeah, let's create a legit company and start offering some products and services and things like that. So we was like, all right, you know, we want something global, something that you know, like you entering. So I, that's why I came up with the profit room. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, and it's like you walk in a room and it's very diverse. It could be whatever. So. At that point, you know, like in 2016, we had the company and we just started going from there and we started turning out great students and started producing more content and just really taking our time. And since then, we was able to do a lot like the, the Fox sold, Roland Martin show. We was on an Essence magazine, just did uh, something. We did, got a lot of stuff like, uh, yeah. you know, we are known like the black day traders. Yeah, so you Google us, we pop up, and you know we just went from there. We just grew okay. from there. That's that's, that's, awesome. that's that's definitely a dope story right there. Let me ask you this question: um, Along this journey, as someone who uh, started, you know, like you said, skilled labor, um, to now having the profit room, being renowned for this kind of skill set, what has been the biggest hurdle that you personally had to overcome? So my biggest hurdle for me probably is being more inside. And also understanding uh, when you're in a business like this that I'm doing, like you said, you got to work a little bit harder. You got to work a little bit harder. And my biggest hurdle was always the self-confidence in mm-hmm. myself. Like, because I always say you don't never see no movies on Wall Street about a whole bunch of brothers or anything like that. Especially when you only the one with um with Will Smith, yeah. But you know Wolf of Wall Street, all the other ones, you never really see that. Mm-hmm. Also, right, being in here in the biggest hurdle is still trying to be yourself. Like I wear suits and stuff like that, I can, but I want to still represent who I am. I don't want to change to fit a certain type of status quo in gotcha. order to fit in there because. You know, Latoya's college educated. She worked in investment banking. She has much more of a higher end resume, which I think that helps us balance out either way, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, I think that's just one of the biggest hurdles is trying to advance and advance, but still keep a certain type of core values in place. Gotcha. You know what I mean? And be who you, who you really are. Cause I like to joke around. You, I make memes all day. Listen, listen, listen. You and, him, you and Jim are very, very similar. And then, listen, listen. I, you know, as a, someone who makes memes, I love his meme. Like, you know, yeah. why doesn't why doesn't Popeye sell spinach? I, I died laughing for like twenty minutes about that. But uh, yeah. but no, but Jim, but what you're saying is correct. So it's that self confidence. Um, but you know, again, like I tell you, man. Um, I, I have degrees and been in classrooms, and some of them folks are are uh, don't know anything, right? And so more. so one time I had um. I was in a meeting listening to uh, to Michael Michael Milken speak. Um, mm-hmm. And for those who don't know who Michael Milken is, you can do your Googles, uh, you know. But and he's a billionaire. But he was telling a story how he went to the University of Penn, and 
the, the gist of his story was, not trying to tell the whole story, the gist of his story was this, that his roommate from Penn, who got a Penn degree just like he did, is homeless, mm. right? And he's a billionaire, right? And he's saying that, so th- th- and his point was he, was, he was actually speaking to some folks who didn't have degrees, like, don't let that get in your way, because some folks who get these degrees, if they don't have others, other skill sets or other things that they're working on, it doesn't matter, right? So you'll meet a lot of folks with paperwork who don't know anything. Um, and I think you've already proved you've proven yourself. You actually do things that some people aren't willing to do, which is you trade live right in front of folks. Yeah, so, sure. You know, I know a lot of people that won't do that. You know what I mean? So yeah. So that's interesting though. Though, but the another thing is you're very self-aware, which is a it's a, it's a good thing too. You, you talked about that a couple times on this talk. That that's something that you have to work on, and you already know that. Um, yeah, because because you are what I learned when you're dealing with finance and trying to understand what you're actually doing. You, I had to work on myself because you are who you bring to the platform, mm-hmm. right? You are who you bring, and what, what? A, why a lot of people won't do that is an ego thing, right? I don't like, and that's where I think where, where I go back and forth, and I'm not trying to pat myself on the back with a lot of stuff. I'm not easily embarrassed, gotcha. and I clearly don't care with certain things. So that not don't care what I means like. The less you care, the more comfortable you kind of feel. So that's why I can open up because if 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 you can't do that, you can't allow yourself to be who you are as a trader. Because every trader wants to be right all the time. Everybody wants to talk about their wins all the time. When I'm in the room with my students and my other traders, they can see your wins and they can see your losses, but they also see your consistency and how you react. And a lot of people won't allow themselves to lower themselves to that level in order to be vulnerable like that. Cause I'm exposing a lot of myself personally in order. So you can see, Hey, if you come work with me or my business, you know, and that's, that's how I do get a lot of clients. So if people look at a, a student testimonials, my, I get a lot of older people as well, like fifties mm-hmm. to seventies that contact and they say, Hey man, I just like the way you, present yourself or way, you know, you kind of down to earth with certain things because in reality, that's what, that's how I want to represent myself in a world where you got to feel like you the top dog all the time. I mean, I'm positive of what I do, but I know you are who you bring to the platform. And I don't want to be that person where, you know, the market will humble you either way. Man, listen, man, listen. (laughs) Yes, it will. Um, all right, so let me ask you this question. Uh, you mentioned, you know, some books that you've read. What is your favorite book um, out of all the books you've read, or a couple of your favorite books, or books that inspired you? So, I, um, one of the books I like. Everybody talks about it too. Is called The Disciplined Trader by Mark Douglas. He reads another one called like uh, uh, Trading the Zone. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. one. Zone. Yeah. yeah. There's another one. A book I read about the the power of now. And not procrastinating mm-hmm. certain things like, and you know, a lot of that stuff. I look at like one of my biggest motivations. My my father died the year we started the profit room. Mm. He died of pancreatic cancer, young. So it was like within three weeks, like we was talking like this. Three weeks, boom. Mm-hmm. And he was a black man trying to do the best he can, like we all trying to do right now. Mm-hmm. But he always worried about running out of money. Yeah. Like he's 67, worried about it. 
right? And we have this legacy of always worrying about the future, future, right? And you see now, I'm with that, but I want us to learn how we could live our life now at the same time too. Mm-hmm. Like enjoy it, you know. I'm with the generational wealth, all of that. I'm, I'm for that, but. It's just like I hate when people say I can't wait till I'm 65 or 67 to retire. I can't wait. Like you 30, 40 years old, you want to wait till you impotent <laughs> and get a get a Corvette or Rose. You know what I mean? Nah, you need to be doing that in your 30s and 40s. Not but it's just the mindset that I, you know, mm-hmm. I'm conscious of anything can happen. Look at this COVID, all this stuff. Yeah. So it's like if you could pull a little dollars out. And do a little bit of something to enjoy your life now just realize you'll be okay because i get a lot of older clients and they always say the same thing i wish i was 20 years younger i wish i was doing this as a young man uh yeah and they all on youtube if the other guys look at it and that motivates me because even though they're trying to do more stuff in their senior years mm-hmm. it's like they telling me it was like 20 years ago yesterday to them. They 70 now and it was like 20 years ago, like last year to them. Yeah. And I don't want to be put in that situation and realize that I've been hustling this hard. I never even enjoyed nothing. Listen, time is your most valuable asset. Yeah. It's your most valuable asset. You know, cool. Sure. We got a whole book about it. Own your time and space. But also, um, you know, one of my mentors told me a long time ago, uh, he said, you know, Warren Buffett is, is one of the, the greatest investors. I said, yeah. He said, at the time, he said, well, he's in his 80s. Yeah. Would you, would you want to trade spaces with him? I said, no. He said, yeah, because you want to live longer. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. He, he got whatever, how many billions he has. But, you know, the fact that yeah, it matters, I'm, not treat, I'm not trading. Still, you still ain't trading places with him. Absolutely not. Right. You know, so yeah. you got to value that time. So, Core, I know you had a couple questions for the brother. What are the questions you had, bro? Um, I, I was just going to uh, ask him about his mentorship um so when you mentor your students is it reflective of the mentorship you got or did you take a different tactic than the way your mentors mentored you oh it's the exact same type that i get so all our mentorship programs we hand feed everything we hand feed everything it's like the drip process so a lot of our higher end programs we call it education application and success You'll get some basic information in the beginning, like we call like stock market 101. And we do something that's different that a lot of people don't do. We give you homework. So when you get homework, you actually got to reply back to the homework, right? And if you get the mentorship part, once we get the homework, that's the only time we're going to meet with you on a private session through Zoom. So now if we, if you watching our content, you reply back with the homework, now I'm going to get on Zoom with you or one of our other instructors to go over stuff, right? And then you can't go to the next part until we realize that you're good. And see, that frustrates people because everybody want to binge watch everything at a particular time, which is cool. Like, you know, I want it now, now, but we know with trading, it's a different mindset where you can't handle it all at once. And that's how it was with me. It's frustrating in the beginning, but then later on, I'm like, yeah, after like six weeks, they're like, yeah, I'm, I really appreciate why you did it like that. Because now I couldn't handle this on week three if I didn't thoroughly know this on week one. And that's why 
I think it can be hard with most people because they want instant gratification. But it's cool because I do attract great clientele. I do attract mm-hmm. great students. And I like it that way because everybody is not all about. I, fo- I say I focus on the money. I mean, the education, then the money will come. Right. It's just like apprentice. When I first started working, you know, doing stuff, small things right here. Right. But you're building a skill once you get comfortable. That's just going to keep paying you and paying you and paying you. So if you could sacrifice the money for the education now, because the market's not going anywhere. I tell everybody, the market's been here for 200 years. It's not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. We oil, even though oil is not going anywhere, you know, even though all this alternative energy is still mm-hmm. in our lifetime, oil is not going anywhere. People but, don't realize how many things are made from oil. Yeah, they don't exactly. have any idea how much stuff gets actually made from oil products. So uh, oil is not going anywhere. So even if we're not using oil as energy per se, we're never going to stop using oil because it's used in so much stuff. But people I always tell people how much money the oil lobby. Yeah, <laughs> like you got, you got, you got John Deere, right? You got Caterpillar. They're pushing out machines every day that use oil and gas in order to clear those fields to cultivate. You see the farmland. They haven't created electric vehicles as of yet. That's replacing that, but that's just a small piece. It will come, but in our generation, yeah, that's you know not. What I mean? It's not happening right now. <laughs> so oh, yeah, man, man, that was that was amazing, Ernest. Listen, so th- this is a, this has been a lot a, a great talk. I, I learned a lot myself as well, man. So first and foremost, I just want to say thank you for your time. You know, like we just said, time is the most valuable asset. So thank you so much for sharing your story uh, with our audience. We definitely appreciate you. No, um, no problem. I'm glad I could make it here. Appreciate absolutely, y'all. Absolutely. So we're going to um, for our audience, we're going to um get all of Ernest's uh, links and put them within the description box. You can take a look at everything that's going with the profit room as well as like, you know, his personal. Hey, as a matter of fact, we got to go dig up that old IG page where you were talking crazy. So we can uh, look yeah, at that. Swing trader. I'll send it to you. Yeah. <laughs> we, yeah, we got, we, we got to look at the professional stuff now, but we got to see what he was talking. Yeah, still there. I haven't been on there like a year or two, but I ain't closing. It's there. <laughs> yeah, man. So listen, um, just, again, just want to say thank you. Um, continue success to everything you got going on with the profit room and all your future endeavors. As a matter of fact, before we get out of here, what is the future for the profit room? What do you see yourself doing in the future, if anything different? So what we're trying to do, we're trying to do more like B to B work with like bigger organizations. Okay. So like currently, like now, um, we got about five employees right now, all black traders that came directly from us. That's helping us out with the education. Um, we have another uh, program that we have. It's called the Financial Literacy Club. That we're going to be launching soon that's going to be more of like a free product it's called financialliteracyclub.com that's going to be more of like a, a course we already had it designed by financial um advisors already they put together a program we just have to put that out there so that could be implemented in different other programs so we're trying to get more of a bigger bigger scale of helping more groups of people at a time because we're known for our individual coaching. A lot of people come to us because they want more private mentorship. And of course, we can't spread ourselves that thin. That's why we hired more instructors who we traded personally that can assist with that. But we want to get on more of a bigger scale if we can get in different schools or different organizations 
to put together programs for them. That'd be great, especially in the different markets as well, like futures and mm -hmm. other markets where people are like, oh, I never heard about that. You know, just to open up their mind with that. Yeah, we, we, we need to wreck because that's 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 my mission. Education is always my mission. And listen, we have nobody that we're affiliated with, like the futures market. Like we don't even touch that. So that's a whole yeah. new. Yeah, we, we definitely need to wrap off. Yeah, we, yeah we definitely yeah. want to talk. Yeah, I'll have, I, something, I'll have something for that with y'all uh, soon. We're working on a, a great program with that as well. So I'm definitely let you know about that. All right. So listen to our audience out there. Make sure you follow everything that Ernest got going on. Go take a look at his links. Go take a look at his work um, and just support the brother. Um, Ernest, again, thank you for sharing your story. We definitely appreciate you. You know, anything that we could do to help you, we are here. Um, you know, we'll stay in touch. But uh, to our audience out there, listen, thank you for all the support that you give us. But as we always say, it's not about how much money you make. It's about how much you keep. Game elevates. And we shall see you guys on our next episode. Peace. Yeah.